Listen Party. Welcome to the Listen Podcast. This is Brandy. And I'm Tanya. And we're here to talk about what we are listening to. Yeah, the universe, our bodies, other people, there's so much knowledge and things to learn if we are just taking the time to listen. So many times we're just focused on telling uh, what our experiences are or yelling to people, yelling out what, what's going on instead of hearing what's going on. What's our heart trying to tell us? What's nature trying to tell us? What's life trying to tell us? Yeah, and um, and uh, and really just kind of being a student and learning and growing. So, Tanya, before we get started, I'm going to say, like, I've had one of the worst headaches in my life the past couple of days. Uh, I don't know what happened. I know. I am not... I'm not a headache person. I don't get a lot of headaches, but when I do, I'm just like, is this what people deal with? Like <laughs> on a more regular basis? Yes. Yeah, it's awful. It's horrible. And I I don't know why they appear sometimes. Then I do have. I've read all the like twelve different types of headaches. You could have cluster and tension and scary ones about blood pressure and what yeah. have you. But what do you usually do when you have it? Do you always do the same things? Do you have things that work better than other things? Um, I don't know. I think I just always assume that it's like uh, a dehydration headache mm-hmm. slash tension thing. So then I just drink as much water and sports drinks and electrolytes as possible. Yeah. Um, and then do just, you get migraines? Are you a person that needs to turn the lights out when you have a headache? Not really. I mean, though, sometimes, like, when you have a headache, it's difficult. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess sometimes. I've had one headache like that where I had to turn the lights off and just lay in silence. And that's, like, all I could do. It's the worst because you can't go on your phone. You can't watch something. You literally just have to sit there and think about the pain. (laughs) You're like, cool. Uh, You can try to focus on breathing, but, like, you have nothing to distract you. No. And you're just laying there and you're just like, okay, like, the next hour two hours i don't know i'm just stuck here (laughs) (laughs) yeah um sometimes you try to go to sleep hoping that like cool i'll like skip a couple hours of this pain and then you just wake up to the same thing yeah i don't know do you think it's your body that's telling you like that you need to do that like it's like your body's like i need you to not move so i can regenerate some cells definitely (laughs) (laughs) my Anti-doctor degree says that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, you haven't been listening to my previous uh, warning. And yeah. so now I'm just going to make it so you have to sit here and do nothing until I do my magic. And then you may proceed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really bad at listening to my body and mm. trying to tell me. So, Well, that's what pain is, right? Pain is just telling you that something's wrong and then you need to focus on it. Yeah. Or like something needs to change. Pain in your heart, pain in your body. Yeah. And I think I've had, like, I I think so many people have had a lifetime of practicing ignoring pain and just pushing it aside and being like, well, it's not that bad and I can still do the things I need to do. So I'm just going to ignore it because it's an inconvenience for me right now, and I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, um, and then it just gets bigger. Yeah. It does. It always gets bigger. It never just goes away. Never. 
<laughs> and it starts bleeding into other parts of your life that you don't even realize. Um, uh, I have a friend who his shoulder starts to start hurting from work. And then he's complaining about his knee having pain. I'm like, do you think that maybe because your shoulder was in pain that you started favoring that other side of your body to try to like, Relieve the pain on that side, but then it's causing you to maybe stand in a different way or walk in a different way that isn't like in alignment. So that's causing you to be painful. And he's like, "Whoa," <laughs> which is one hundred percent probably what happens. But, but I don't know. I mean, it could be completely something separate. But I think the point is the same thing happens with emotional pain as well, or. uh just other things like we think that by ignoring it it's not going to affect other parts of our lives but it totally is making you make different decisions that you wouldn't have maybe made if you didn't have that thing yeah for a lot of people they're afraid to go into a relationship right because of past pain that they've had and that fear of that pain or because they haven't healed that pain yet and figured out how to deal with it that that now is making it to their one they're maybe not trusting that new person or they're not uh going into that or relationship they, at all. Or they are going into it trusting, but because they ignored the previous pain uh yeah. and they just didn't deal with it, they go into it and it's good for a while and then something comes up that triggers that old pain and they're like thinking that it has to do with this new partner or this new situation when really it's just a memory of an infancy pain that was already there. And it is an opportunity to work through it. But again, if you're not in your body and you're just so comfortable with ignoring it, you just kind of keep moving past and keep carrying this pain along with you. And repeating those same mistakes that you may have made before. Exactly. Which is why we need to listen. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but listen also to what's happening in your body. Yeah, and also be in your body. I don't know if this is true for you, but um I I realized uh and I'm still working on being in my body, but I realized several years ago that I wasn't even like really in my body, I was moving mostly in my head. Mm. And my body was telling me things. It was telling me a lot of things and I was ignoring it because I was just always in my head. I lived my, and I've been like that my whole life. I've, I've definitely been a person that lives in my head. I think a lot. I analyze a lot. That's where I live. And I didn't even realize how smart and intuitive our bodies were and how important they were. And I treated it that way. That's one thing that you've taught me that I've been trying to do more, I and mean, I've been noticing that when I'm in maybe a conversation with someone, and I'll find that my body is turned away from them, or I'll find that my body feels heavy all of a sudden, or I'll just feel like uh, see maybe something sinking in my stomach, or the opposite, something light, something exciting, something about happiness. There's so I've been paying attention to that, and then I've been like, what is this person doing, or that maybe and maybe it's not them, but most likely them, that's causing this reaction in my body because it's a signal to me. Yeah. Maybe what they're saying is fine, but maybe there's something about them energetically or something they need that's not being spoken that's either pulling for me or maybe causing me to push them away. Yeah. So I'm just trying now to go, what does this mean? Of course. 
Tony and I try to find the meaning of everything. But I'm now paying attention to it. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's talking to you all the time and it's telling you like I was even I I was even at a point where I didn't even know if I was hungry or not. Like you know what I mean? Like I was so detached where like I didn't even know if I was hungry. I, I didn't even know how to pay attention to those signals. I didn't I didn't know anything. Like it was and like to be that disconnected from the body is is really sad because it's it's uh it's your vehicle, it's it's your vessel, it's it's so neat and it's also um, I also wasn't treating it well, and I still don't treat it like the way that I should. But I'm getting better and better. But it, you should honor your body. I think it's it's a magical thing. Yeah, it's crazy. You can literally heal itself. It can do so many things. But I think it's why like being hungry. I know that I emotionally eat sometimes. So knowing if you're eating because you're hungry, or if you're eating because of some other thing that's happening in you. Um, which leads me also to that listening to pain is important, listening to how your body is responding, but also to listening to how your mind is talking to you. Oh, yes. Because what we say to us and how, or what we say to ourselves and how we talk to ourselves has a huge impact on our bodies and our overall wellness just in general. Yeah. Agreed. And also if you're not if you're not present and in your body, then you go on autopilot. And so these thoughts mm-hmm. just become a normal thing that you're not even noticing that you're saying to yourself. And it has an effect on you and how you go out in the world and how you see yourself and how you approach everything. So if your self talk is negative, you're not gonna feel well. You're not going to try, you're not going to believe in yourself. You're not going to try things. Your relationships will suffer. It will affect every, everything, even just the risks and things you decide to do. For a long time, I, I think we all struggle with negative uh, self-talk. And I read a book, I wish I could remember the name of the book, so we'll put it in whatever we end up making social media wise. <laughs> but it was something about like how you talk to yourself. And what I realized is how we talk to ourselves is actually we try to say this is real or not. Like you're either a good singer or you're a bad singer. Um but a lot of those things are subjective. So we're always deciding to err on like you're bad at this, you can't do this, you're a horrible person. And so after reading this book, I was like, oh, okay, what if I decided to say the opposite? What if, what happens to me if I decide that I can do this or I am good at this or there's, I could be good at this? What does that change in me? And I feel like I've accomplished so much more with that mindset. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to become great at this. I don't feel like I'm lying to myself. I just feel like I'm giving myself permission to be better. Because if I just say, you are bad at this, that's definitive. And that's a, a roadblock. And I'm saying like, nope, don't continue down this path because there's nothing there for you because you're bad at it. But what if you get to walk that path and you get to, it gets to be something that you would have never thought it was because you put a block in it. Exactly. And also like that, that opens possibility. Uh, it opens, it opens so much, uh, that you can do. And also, um, 
just having that positive uh, self-talk will maybe make you notice the things that bring you joy. Because as much as we also don't pay attention to our pain, we equally don't pay attention to the things that bring us joy. And those are also clues as to what maybe we should be doing for a career or like what our skills are, what our talents are. Maybe uh, we can keep going down that road and discover more about ourselves if we even paid attention to that. And uh, I just think that a lot of times the things that bring us joy, we're so afraid of because we're like, no, we, we can have that. Like, that's not a thing I can have. Or that it even needs to be something. Like, I think that our society kind of does that a little bit to us where it it makes us feel, or maybe this is just something I do to myself, but it makes us feel like if we're going to pursue anything that we need to be the greatest or it needs to be, it needs to bring us money, some monetary value, or it needs to be this or it needs to be that. And I don't think that's necessarily true. And I don't know how many times I've told someone I've done something and the first thing they ask is how much did I get paid to do it? As if that's the only thing that matters. And, you know, there's like, there's so many like weird expectations on that. Um, so I think like even having the self-talk um, points us to our values and what's important to us. And if you don't know those things, then you're just kind of lost in the forest. Sometimes it's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Not saying you always have to know your way through the forest. That's true. But, <laughs> but yeah, a hundred percent. It's weird the weight that we put on things, the expectations that we put on things. Like you can't, I was even thinking about this because Charlie and I set up this like goal meeting thing where we meet with our friends and we talk about our dreams and goals and we're trying to keep each other accountable and help support each other and look out for each other, learn from each other's collective successes and failures. But um there was a moment in that that I looked at my goals and I was like, well, none of these are to a certain end. Like, oh, I want to learn problem of God. But like, why? <laughs> like, sure, because there's definitely benefits, but I was like, none of these are towards an end goal um of like, oh, so that way I can have this successful business or idea or something that I felt like society would want to put onto a goal like that. Not necessarily like problem ball, but like other goals I had. And so then I found myself judging this and I was like, you know what? It's fine because this thing is going to bring me joy. It's gonna make me happy. And I think if we start focusing on what brings us joy, knowing that Knowing what brings us joy and what brings us happiness, knowing that that can change, um, and then chasing that is going to create things that you couldn't have possibly planned for. Yeah, and it leads into like actual like play and wonder. Like I feel like wonder is something that I keep coming back to in my life because it's so important and it's something that you have like innately in you and as a child it's so easy to look at the world with wonder and see so many amazing beautiful things and I find that the more and more I live in my head the less connected I am to wonder 
So the more I move into my heart and into my body and have like a, a more of an alignment between my heart, body, and mind instead of just being completely in one and not the other. Because it's the same, it could be the same, like you could be too much in your body. Like I've met people like that. They're only in their body or some people are only in, in their heart and th- there needs to be a, like a balance and it's okay sometimes to be off balance because that serves a purpose as well. But when you can kind of like live in that alignment, then you open yourself back up to wonder and play and joy and you can find, you can find those, those things again. And it's amazing and it feels really good. Yeah. And I think that only comes by paying attention because again, we tend to ignore all of those things or we, we, um, Something in like 25 that we talk, we do in self comedy. But I think this relates to everything. We find that we do, we'll rely on certain things. So there might be a certain move that I'll always do in self comedy because that's where I feel comfortable and that's what I know well. But because I always end up relying on that, I never end up exploring other things because I go to where I'm comfortable. And I didn't even, Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing that. And so that's fine to do, but it's also important to realize when you're not, you're limiting yourself by not taking into other choices because you went to something that's comfortable. So in your body, you know, if you're always comfortable relying on your heart or your mind or your body, like try leading with a different one once and see how that changes how you decide to make decisions or what the result is of that situation. I just got chills because that's so true to be honest and that before I didn't think of it in that way that you just put it like trying to leave with something else or and see how that would shift or change because that's very true and it's that's exploring yourself, right? It's like uh not living your whole life and not exploring parts of yourself. Like I can't think of anything sadder like <laughs> for me personally. Because yeah. it's just like I think that's that's really like getting to know yourself and your place in the world and who you are and like shifting and changing and, and being a part of it. And if you if you just ignore things your whole entire life and you never really got to know that and I guess that's like if you think of yourself as a forest and you're lost and you're scared of this one part because it's dark and you never went into it, like, like why, you know? Like, yeah, even if it is like a scary reality, which is something that we've talked about a lot, like, so there's one thing exploring yourself and knowing yourself, but that also means knowing your dark parts as well. And that can be scary because we don't like to know the bad things that we might do or think or feel, but they're all parts of us, and those parts are what help make the light brighter in us. If you don't focus on them, the darker parts get darker and start sweeping over more of your pores or whatever we decided to map this out over. You've got to go through the darkness to get to the light. You've got to, like, you have to pay attention to it and accept. And that's, I think that's something that we've talked about. Well, not with you guys, just me and Tanya. <laughs> but, um, 
finding your dark parts, understanding them, accept them, forgive yourself for them, learn from them, and try to be better. And also love them. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah, because that's the that's the part that like I've been um, working on in my life is loving all of me and not just the parts that are easy to love. And that's that's so difficult, you know, because you, especially for me, living in my head and having that negative self-talk, I think that's what makes it difficult. And and ignoring them for so long makes made made them grow and morph into like these things where I feel like I'm judging all the time, and I just want like those parts of me to go away. But if I take a deeper look, it's like those parts of me have helped me in a lot of ways and I can see their purpose and I can see why I did certain why I made certain choices and I can forgive myself because I didn't know then what I knew now and I don't understand why I've given myself these like parameters of needing to be a certain way when I didn't even know a lot about life at certain points you know and so then I carry these judgments with me as if they're my reality and that's not necessarily true because I'm a different person now so if I can't love those parts of myself that are hard to love I can't expect anyone else to first and then also how am I going to love the parts of other people that are hard to love which is so important because if you've ever had anyone for you compassion in your life and love a part of you that was hard to love, it's transformative. That's how transformation occurs. And that's, I think, one of the greatest gifts you can give to the people around you is compassion and empathy and understanding of where, of, of the things that they may find, they may think of as dark things. And, like, feeling that acceptance and love from someone it does mean everything. Knowing that you can do something that maybe you felt really bad about and then you come through and you're a better person for it and have people still love you and leave space for you, it's a gift. It's a huge gift. And it really starts when you going through your own stuff because like you said, if you start paying attention to those, you learn to forgive yourself you learn to be a better person for it. You now have created empathy, you've created understanding, and you can give that to other people. Exactly. And I also think something I've been thinking about recently too is um is also not expecting perfection from myself. So like when we're talking about these matters, um having a day where you struggle and you aren't offering yourself those things doesn't mean that you failed and it doesn't mean you don't learn anything and it doesn't mean that you're not so much farther than you once were because you're only looking at it from that viewpoint in that moment in that in that instance but one thing like if you zoom away from it and look at the whole picture you can see that you have come a long way and you have grown and it's just you still have work to do and that's okay like expecting expecting to just completely be perfect at, at something and just be like an expert is is not it's not serving you 
you know, to think that way. It's not realistic. No. We're never going to be there. So it's weird that we put these, like, timelines on ourselves, and a lot of that is to do with society as well. Um, society in general, I'm just using it as yeah. a big term, but we think we have to be something at some point. We have to, you know, achieve this perfection by this age or this time period or, you know, however many years you're doing something or just at some point in your life. And that's so strange to me because who decides that timeline? Like, it's, we don't live our lives at the end points and beginning points. Those are little points along our, our timeline, our little dots, our little blips. The longer parts are the, the, the in-between points, that journey, that process. So, like, there's so many players, like, with, let's say, improv comedy, or I'll just go with swing dancing because I did that. I didn't, I, I always wanted to be at a certain level of dancer. So I was always working towards that. But when I look back during that journey, it's when I was crying in a ballroom in the corner because I wasn't good enough yet. It was those moments that I treasure, those, like, working towards everything, the, the, you know, times where we would cheer each other on, like, all of that, that process before perfection, and did quotes thing, because yeah. <laughs> perfection's never achieved. Yeah. <laughs> those are the things that matter. That's what made everything wonderful. Exactly. And, yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot, too, is just, like, just moments in general. Like, moments are what matter and I don't want to be living in my head because I want to recognize the moments and be in them while they're happening so I can really like look around and feel the wonder while I'm in it and see the beauty and feel the tears that come and and feel the love and just be completely grateful that I'm here and that I'm alive and that I have this body and that I'm in it and I want to be in it, and I want to feel all the things. And sometimes the things are hard that we feel, but like, what's the alternative? You know, it's we get to the moment, not living in the moment, constantly feeling failure because you haven't, you're not at some level that you decided to be that you should be at arbitrarily. Exactly. I'm also like, I'm learning to have patience with myself because I know that I'm going to keep falling into these patterns um, because they're hard to break. And I'm okay with that. So I'm trying to be more patient with myself. And by being patient with myself, I think I'm learning to be more patient with other people, which is really helping improve my relationships and not take everything so personally. As you mentioned the book earlier, but one of my one of my favorite books that I love is called The Four Agreements. And one of the four agreements is don't don't take anything personally because so many times things that people are doing or saying or 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 having, you know, like their actions, it has nothing to do with you. It's from it's coming from like their reality and the things that they're going through. And it's and I think that when you can approach a situation from that light, it makes it so much easier to be compassionate, as well as 
be compassionate with yourself and when you realize if you take a deeper look and realize, hey, I did this thing because I was scared. Not because of what I think it is, not the service level. I went a little deeper. I sat in the darkness for a little bit. I turned off that light and I looked and I realized the truth is, is I'm scared. And that's why I'm doing that. And then you can address that and you can give yourself love and, and tell yourself it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's something that you actually, you got me thinking about a while. So you mentioned like if we start looking at people as if they're sick. So I'm not saying that we're looking at everyone in an awful way. I'm just saying that people are at different points of their growth and their and learning and different aspects of life. They're in that process. They're not at the end point. So if we stop trying to treat everyone, they should be at their own point. Or expecting that and realizing that they just aren't at the level that they can be yet. And meeting them there creates that compassion. So if someone does do something that we deem is bad or wrong, I'm not excusing it, but I'm, I'm understanding that this person had something happen in their life that they're not there yet. They're not able to to do the quote-unquote right thing or the thing that's best for them or the people around them. Again, it's not excusing, but I think that helps you create that understanding and empathy. So you now are meeting them where they are. You're like, okay, you did do this thing that hurt me, or you did this thing that I don't think is okay. But I can see why you were there, and um, I'm going to cheer you on to be you know, to feel that, to figure that out, to grow from that. Doesn't mean you have to keep them in your life. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying this is that understanding and instead of just throwing people into a category of bad or good, we can now go, okay, they're just, they're not there yet. They haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. And it's also like, it's also actually being with that person and actually seeing them, like seeing people a little bit a little bit deeper and, and seeing them and and that compassion like it allows you to actually like truly be like have a human moment where where you're being real because that's so rare anymore and it feels so good and I think that's part of what being in my body means to me. Um because your heart is in your body, you know, and and, and so is your mind. So like being fully embodied in who you are and being in there means you're being 100% fully human. And I think we run away from our community and we're afraid of being human because being human means mistakes. Mistakes. It's ugly and beautiful. It's Farting and not farting. <laughs> like, yeah. It's falling. It's being, it's embarrassing sometimes. It's, it's also being wonderful. Like, it's, yeah. it's everything. And we can't pretend that some of those things are existing. Exactly. And I think by being fully embodied in it, it gives other people permission to be fully embodied in it because I've met those people and they have always had such a huge impact on me and you know when you see when you see people and it's it's fine if you can't do it in every moment you know like but when you have those moments with people you're just like 
your heart like screams out, thank you. Like, thank, thank you. you. They give you permission to be human. Yeah. And that's all. And like space to grow, right? Yeah. Like it's, that's what we all need. We just, we all want, we all want compassion. We all want room to grow and we all want understanding and empathy and, and to be listened to. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess maybe turning off the light and sitting in the dark might be the answer. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>